everybody and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CGLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. So this week we were going to be able to talk about the schedule release. So get ready to buy your tickets now if you want to go to an NFL game. We know what the opener is going to be. We know about the Thursday night games. A lot of uh, cool rematches and we're going to have a Super Bowl rematch as well, which is going to be super exciting and fun to look at. Don, we got the schedule release. I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. But before, how are you doing and how's your week been so far? I'm doing amazing, William. Thanks for asking. My week, outstanding. Couldn't ask any nice. better. You know, we're in <laughs> May. Summer's around the corner. Yep. Just so excited and a lot of things happening in the NFL. So let's get this show started. For sure. You said it best. Let's get it started. All right. So let's jump to, we'll jump to, let's go to the first game, actually, that's going to be on the docket for the NFL season. We got an opener between the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Detroit Lions. Like I said on the show, I really thought it was going to be a Chargers-Chiefs matchup. Uh, two very good teams, in the AFC West matchup. But no, you can tell, Dom, just by this schedule, uh, that the Detroit Lions, like we talked about on the show a few times, they have high expectations this year. I was really surprised to see the Lions getting uh, the the opening game uh, playing against Kansas City. Uh, like I said, thought it was going to be maybe a more of a, of a marquee matchup. But I think this is a you know just a, the kind of it shows how the league is is kind of jumped on the Detroit Lions bandwagon and that people believe now. Is it a game I would have put Week One? Probably not. Like I said. Um, Probably would have had more of a, you know, one of the teams either that made the playoffs last year or potentially a Super Bowl rematch to open up the season. But the Lions getting a week one game and not only a week one game, but the opener against the Kansas City Chiefs shows that, uh, you know, people are, are buying into the Lions hype. So maybe that's a good thing for uh, for the Lions. That's a great thing for the Lions. Dan Campbell is going to have a, his opportunity to showcase where he's at with the Detroit Lions. We're going to see Gibbs right off the bat. You know, if this guy's a bust, you're going to see it day one, maybe against Kansas City. But I honestly think this team will be competitive because they have a great offensive line. What I would have loved to see, like everyone else, is how is this team going to be with Williams as their wide receiver? But obviously he got suspended for the first six games of the season. That's going to be an issue. Kansas City's not going to be an easy walk in the park. So Detroit's going to have their hands full right off the bat. But I think they'll be competitive as the running game will keep going in that game. And I still think Casey, if I were to pick a team right now, I'll take Casey in that game. Detroit will be okay as long as they have that offensive line. And then as long as that stays healthy, I mean, you could put anybody at quarterback and all you got to do is give the ball to Gibbs. This guy's special. I believe in him. And I think he's going to have a great year in the NFL this year. Yeah, it's uh, like we talked about uh, earlier on that uh, was a bit of a surprising pick by the Lions. But with Swift taking his talents to Philadelphia, all that begins to make a little bit more sense. So it would be cool for uh, the uh, the whole world to get a spotlight on Gibbs and what he's going to be able to do. And yeah, if Detroit could win this game, like that would be a statement, right? They're, I know it's on the road. A lot of people will not have them winning this game. I don't have them winning this game either. Obviously, no time will tell. Maybe we'll during the closer to the season, we'll have, we'll have different picks. But, you know, I think I'm going to stick to Kansas City there. Um, but it's an opportunity for the Lions. You know, what better way to showcase their talents than, uh, you know, than the opener at Kansas City and getting a win there? That would be big. So, week one, a lot of good games. Week one, a lot of good matchups, uh, divisional matchups as well. Aaron Rodgers, his start with the New York Jets is going to be on Monday Night Football at MetLife Stadium against the Buffalo Bills. 
I think the schedule makers got it right here. Everyone he knows is, is excited to see what Aaron's going to do with the Jets. And not only does he play against uh, his new division rival now on the Buffalo Bills, which should be a great matchup. It's a Monday night football game where everyone gets to sit back, relax. It's kind of that uh, dessert if you can say to the whole meal of the of the week one schedule that's going to be uh, topping off the uh, the the week one um uh, schedule there and uh, yeah i think that you know the again here i think the schedule makers got it right and uh, you know you're going to be able to see some some ballers where you're going to see how aaron is going to be able to click with his new wide receivers and i'm really curious to see this game for several reasons one of them is Aaron going to be on the same page as as, as most of them to uh, to begin the game? Probably not. And I want to see how patient he's going to be with his receivers, how patient he's going to be with his you know his offensive coordinator, how patient he's going to be with with Salah as the coach as well, because things may not click right away. And we've seen Rodgers tend to lose his cool in Green Bay, but you know now this is a completely different situation. You got a lot of young receivers, uh, less veterans too, but they do bring in a few of uh, Rodgers' um, teammates from Green Bay, but I think this is a great Monday night football game. AFC East matchup. Buffalo is tired of, you know, choking in the playoffs. They want to show what they're all about. Aaron Rodgers, New York Jets. First matchup is going to be Buffalo Monday night football. I'm pumped for this one. Oh, I'm pumped for this one as well. This is almost like the game of the year happening on week one. I think (laughs) we're going to see fireworks, but we're going to see fireworks more on the defensive side of the football. In other words, Great players from the Jets have been just growing in this franchise. I'm talking about Sauce Gardner. I think this guy is definitely the steal of last year's draft. He looks like the real deal. And against, you know, Diggs, we're going to see that one-on-one matchup that, wow, if Josh Allen doesn't find a way to get Diggs open in this game, I think that the Jets are going to steamroll Buffalo. Yes, steamroll Buffalo. The Jets, they're in New York. I think that at the end of the day, this team is going to make a huge impact week one, beating the Buffalo Bills, and the Jets are going to start off in the right direction, providing Aaron Rodgers the confidence needed to take this team at least to the AFC Championship. Wow. Bold stuff there, Dom. I like that. And look, for the Buffalo Bills, we talk about teams that are able to dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And you think about, let's stick in the AFC. You got Cincinnati, you got Buffalo, you got potentially the Jets now, maybe the Chargers, Miami now, right? I'll take that as as a Dolphins fan there. These are certain teams. And we obviously think that throughout the course of last season as well, that it'd probably be Buffalo that has the best chance to dethrone the Chiefs in the AFC, potentially Cincinnati too. But Really, I think this is a huge, huge season for the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, you've you've mentioned it a few times, Dom, that they kind of potentially lost their opportunity. And, you know, they, they did have a good draft this year. I'm happy with what they did with getting uh, getting the tight end there, Dalton Kincaid. But this is like, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if Buffalo doesn't perform. They, this Bills team kind of reminds me of the Leafs of the NHL. And I say that because I'm a Leafs fan. So it's very relatable. Very good team. Super Bowl aspirations, and I know it's only week one, but I think that these Bills have to make a statement, and it's going to have to, not only are they going to have to beat the Jets, I know you said the Jets potentially win this game and walk all over Buffalo. For me, it's going to be the complete, it has to be completely the other way around. Rodgers, new team, first game, you know, he, he won't have as many reps as, uh, as he'd hoped for, uh, because uh, obviously it's the, the start of the season there, and you know what's going to happen with a le- few less preseason games. So it may not be on uh, on the exact same page as his 
you know, receivers uh, week one. So Buffalo's going to have to take this opportunity and they're going to have to crush the New York Jets. They're going to have to have a great season. They really almost are going to have to win the Super Bowl this year in order to kind of prove the doubters wrong. But, you know, I think this is a kind of a, a big game for both teams, of course. I mean, you got to look at it from Buffalo's perspective that the Jets are coming in hot. They're coming in with, uh, with a new fancy toy in, a- in Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, Buffalo cannot afford to be losing these games that they should win. And this is going to be a big season for the Bills. I'm very curious to see what happens. If things don't pan out, does Diggs take his talent somewhere else? Uh, do they maybe decide to go somewhere else in terms of a head coach? Josh Allen's been great, but he does need to be a little bit better in those playoff games. So I think this could be an early statement for the Bills because this is the year they have to kind of get on that horse and uh, you know make it to the Super Bowl. Let's call it spade a spade. They got to win the AFC this year because they are that good. I don't think so, William. I think the Buffalo Bills had their chance, and unfortunately, yeah. they need to kind of shore up that offense. You added Dalton Kincaid, but I'm sorry, that's just not enough on offense. The only guy that could save this franchise right now for the next at least two years is a running back, and that would be either James Cook or Damian Harris. We all know Josh Allen loves to run with the ball, and he's supposed to not do it as much this year. Which, to me, unfortunately, this is the only reason why this team was successful, is Josh Allen was running around with his head cut off. And yeah, he was extremely successful doing so. But taking that away from him, unfortunately, hey, yeah, it, it progresses his longevity, which is great, but it diminishes this offense. And that being said, I don't see another wide receiver other than Davis. Sorry, other than Stephon Diggs. Davis, on the other hand, was a great playoff receiver, but he hasn't developed as an amazing season receiver. And that's the million dollar question is, can Gabe Davis show up this season? And my answer is no, he will not. And as a result, I don't even think the Buffalo Bills are going to make the playoffs. Wow. Okay. I like that. As a Dolphins fan, I am grinning from ear to ear. That would be something that uh, not only would, uh, I think a lot of people would like, but uh, I'd love that one. All right, Don, let's keep on with the schedule rolling. Uh, that week one, we got, like I said, we got a lot of solid matchups. Of course, we got Sunday Night Football. Surprise, surprise between the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. That is to be expected. And uh, yeah, that basically wraps up what happens in week one. Uh, a lot of different stuff this year, right? This, we've got a Black Friday game. We got um, a lot of games that are going to be happening on Christmas. We got a few games in Germany. If I look at the the week two schedule right now, um, we got Sunday night football between the Dolphins and the Patriots. Obviously, that's a game I'm excited for. But the uh, the Thursday night football game there, um, the second one to open up the season. You got Minnesota and Philadelphia. And again, here you got two great NFC teams, teams that have Super Bowl aspirations. And uh, this is I'm, I'm glad that you know these games are going to be put on prime time. And look. There's no secret. Kirk Cousins has not performed great when the lights the lights have shined bright, and he's going to be playing a primetime game here. And what better way to kind of avenge those, I guess you can say, those dark souls that are beating down his neck than going going into Philadelphia and being the NFC champs from last year. He's going to have an opportunity here. Thursday night football, the second one of the season, really the first one because the opening game doesn't really count. But yeah, Minnesota to open up the season. They're going to have, uh, like I said, Philadelphia in uh, in week two. That's going to be a Thursday night football game. And then their first game of the season, which, which could be good, one, is going to be against Tampa Bay. Um, and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the Bucks there. So a week one match that they definitely should win. And then they get to uh, they get to go and head all the way to Philadelphia for a Thursday night game. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in Minnesota. I am not pumped whatsoever for this franchise. 
because it all revolves again around the running game and whether or not Cook ends up being a starter in Minnesota. And we're not even sure if that's the case. If they were to lose Cook, that would put so much more pressure on the passing game with Jordan Addison needing to be a home run hit of a pick in the draft. And that's putting a lot of pressure on the kid. Don't get me wrong. They got Justin Jefferson, probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. And they picked up TJ Hawkinson. I mean, I I talked about Hawkinson. He could be the jewel that opens up this offense. But, you know, you got to get the running game going. Who's going to run the football if Dalvin Cook leaves? Alexander Madison? I'm not buying it. I, I just don't think he's proven himself enough to be a number one in the NFL. And we all know what Kirk Cousins is, which is a number two quarterback in the NFL who's been paid a number one salary. To me, I don't like Minnesota's chances this season. I think the regress and Philadelphia should be eating this game for breakfast, for lunch, and for a late night snack in after dinner. Wow, Dan, they're going to be full after that one. Yes, I, I'm with you too. I'm sure Philly will win that game. You got to talk about opportunities, and you got opportunities here for Minnesota. You got opportunities here for the Detroit Lions to make statements. And I like that. What all you can ask for as a franchise, as a franchise that wants to do better and that's been improving over the years, is opportunities, right? I think the schedule makers, you know, got it right in in giving Detroit the Week One game and uh, the the opener, and then this Thursday night football game. Um, it could be a very good one as well. Looking at the schedule, Dominic, we'll, uh, we'll dive into it a little bit more. But uh, maybe first things that caught your eye, was there anything that you found special, potential, uh, the Super Bowl rematch, uh, maybe a player revenge game? We talk about somebody in a new uniform. Uh, there was uh, you know, a lot of great games uh, scheduled over the course of the season, and I think that they've been set up very well. Is, uh, is there maybe one or two games in particular that uh, kind of caught your eye, whether it was with the, the Steelers or not? For me, um, I guess I could yeah answer my own question. I like the, um, of course, some <laughs> bias in, in Miami. But uh, Miami's game in week two, the Sunday night football game. Miami has two Sunday night football games. And this is one at New England. You know, there's been a lot of question marks in New England. So what's going to happen there is Mac Jones going to take the reps. And it looks like he'll be QB. But I like Miami getting uh, the first two games on the road. And, uh, yeah, the second one being Sunday night football at New England, uh, thank God Miami does not have to go to New England late in the season where it's going to be snowing and cold. And those Dolphins ain't used to that cold weather. But, yeah, I like that uh, from Miami that there's the week two game is going to be a Sunday nighter at New England. Yeah, Miami, you know, Miami is going to be in tough all year. I'm just not sold on your coach. I know he really proved himself year one, but I got some question marks around Miami Dolphins coach and the QB position we all know. Chua is a hit away from being what, you know, a career over hit. It's going to be very difficult for Miami to navigate this season, unlike last year. However, that being said, they have a lot of talent. What I do like looking at at the schedule is week 18. Who is facing each other and who could be potentially a wild card matchup spot winner? And I see two or three matchup. One of them that comes to mind is the Pittsburgh Steelers with the Baltimore Ravens. That game could very well be whoever wins that game ends up being in the playoffs. Whoever loses ends up missing the playoffs. Another game that I like is Buffalo at your Miami Dolphins. Thank God you're finishing this season in Miami. Oh, this thank God. This will be a wild card game winning ticket. So those two games, and if I was to throw in a third one, this is kind of a stretch, but 
the Eagles and Giants, I have the Eagles regressing this year. I don't think that offensive line is going to be as good as it was last year. And as a result, I think we're going to see a bit more of the real Jalen Hurts. And they're playing against the Giants. And the Giants, you know, same thing. Their quarterback, you know, had a wonderful year next or last year. And it, was that a fluke? You know, I think also this could be for a wild card position. Well said, Dom. I like that. Let's continue with the schedule release. Dom, you actually brought up a good point at going all the way to week 18 and looking at potential wildcard matchups. What I realized is that uh, something that I didn't realize until actually really diving into the schedule is all the games from week 18 are divisional matchups, and that's pretty incredible. You know, you think about that for several reasons. One, they're obviously in the same conference, and that's big, you know, for wild card and yada, yada, and all that stuff and potential seeding. Uh, teams know each other, right? So it's going to be cool to kind of get that rematch. But these, a lot of these games can be for the division when you think about it. Like, look, Buffalo and Miami, that division is, is up for grabs as well. You talk about Jacksonville and Tennessee, you know, that we don't really know what's going to happen in the AFC South. Um, like, you look at every single one of these games, and you can make the case that almost every single one of them could could be for the division. You know, there's a lot of changes everywhere in the NFL, and, you know, we don't know necessarily who the favorites are going to be. Like, Kansas City and the Chargers, that's going to be a heck of a game uh, to end the the last uh, the, the last week of the season for them. And then you've got, you know, Cincinnati and, and uh and Cleveland there, you got the Rams and the 49ers. Rams promise to be better. And hopefully with the health of all their players, they're going to be a, a team to be reckoned with. But yeah, that's, uh, that's something I just noticed kind of scrolling through the schedule. And I think that makes for a heck of an exciting week 18 because a lot of the divisions could be up for grabs. We don't know what's going to happen about tiebreakers. So this is uh, going to be one of the, I don't know if this is the first time in a while, but I can't remember the last time that we've seen a week 18 or last week of the season matchups with every single one of them being division rivals games no this is a first for me as well william i think it's a great thing for the nfl the fans are going to be excited you know that last game this season means so much for so many franchises out there and i think we're not going to see anything different this week 18 is going to be special and the three games that i mentioned are the ones that i'm going to be keeping my eye on but there's definitely more so yeah absolutely cool to see as a fan to see all these divisional matchups in the last week of the nfl yeah, I think that uh, that's going to be a uh, very, very exciting week 18. All right, so we talked about marquee matchups. We talked about great teams and, uh, you know, teams with uh, with a lot of pressure on them. Let's go to uh, kind of a game that, you know, two teams hopefully heading in the right direction. Um, the Houston Texans, Carolina Panthers, they're going to be playing in week 10. Uh, the game will be in Carolina. You're going to see the number one overall pick in the draft in Bryce Young. Hopefully playing against the number two overall pick in the draft, C.J. Stroud. This is going to be a good game. Look, you look at the schedule, like, ah, oh, Houston, Carolina. Yeah, what's going to be exciting about that? Well, you look at who's quarterbacking both those games, and that makes for an exciting matchup. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. And who knows if C.J. Stroud will have a little bit of the chip on his shoulder, right? Because he's played with that chip uh, at Ohio State. And, you know, not being picked number one overall, I'm sure that he's going to be... Uh, He's going to be extra hungry for this game playing uh, against uh, his now rival in Bryce Young. A lot of reasons to be excited for this game. And really the quarterbacks right there are the are the main one there. It's going to be a week eight matchup. Who knows what's going to happen with these teams right now. Houston potentially could be fighting for that division. I doubt it. But like I said, there are a lot of question marks in the, uh, in the AFC South. And there are a lot of question marks in the NFC South as well. So Carolina could be fighting for a top spot there in the division as well. But obviously to keep an eye on this one is the matchup of the quarterbacks she did Stroud, Bryce Young never thought I'd be this pumped for a Texas Panthers game but here we are 
Yeah, but here we are. And I'm going to tell you something, William. You might not agree with me. I don't think Bryce Young plays a snap other than an injury this year in the NFL. Wow. The reason why I say that is that this team, believe it or not, could win the division. And they could only do it if they put Andy Dalton at QB to manage this football team. Yes, I do believe the Carolina Panthers could win a lot of football games this year if they have an experienced quarterback like Andy Dalton at QB. Bryce Young, he seems a little fragile to me to to enter the NFL week one. It just seems a lot of pressure. Why don't you just do like a lot of other QBs uh, have had in the past is a whole year to memorize the playbook. I think of a guy like, obviously, Pat Mahomes, who recently had the first year. I think he played the last week of the NFL, the year that he got drafted. So that being said, let Bryce Young learn the playbook. Let Andy Dalton get one last crack at trying to make a run. And I think like with veterans like Adam Thielen, this guy could deliver. Miles Sanders is a very experienced running back already in the NFL. The only thing that he has that's a knock on him is his ability to stay healthy. If he goes down, you do have Chuba Hubbard, who we were big when he got drafted, but he hasn't really lived up to the expectations. But I do believe Miles Sanders is a very decent running back. Now, what about that defense? I love this defense. And in defense wins championships, defense wins football games. I think Jeremy Chin is by far one of the best players in the NFL that's like honestly underrated. This guy is all over the football field every single play when healthy. Frankie Louvu, another very good player that not a lot of people talk about. This guy was a monster at times last year in football games. Yes, I do believe the Carolina Panthers could have a special season if they put Andy Dalton as QB. As for the matchup against CJ Strout, you know, CJ is going to do the very best that he can in this game. He might very well even win this game because I do think the Texans have improved tremendously. But I think at the end of the day, Carolina would take it if they have Andy Dalton. So keep an eye on those Carolina Panthers this year in that weak division. They might surprise a lot of people. Yeah, that's a bold uh, take there, Dom. And I want to pick your brain a little bit about that. Your kind of point of view is that Yes, developing quarterbacks are super important and kind of, you know, understanding the playbook and you know, memorizing it. And of course, that's huge. And obviously, we've seen a lot of players in the NFL succeed by doing exactly that. You're kind of more of the mindset that Carolina right now has the best chance to win the division with Andy Dalton at the quarterback position throughout the course of the year than Bryce Young. At the end of the day, that's, that, to put it into simple terms, that's kind of what it is. A hundred percent. Andy Dalton's been there. He's seen everything. He started his career in Cincinnati. I think he made the playoffs, I think the first five years. He might have even started as a rookie in Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken. This guy, okay, is not the greatest QB, but he's so experienced. Why do you think he gets a job every single year? He gets a job because he gets it done. Yes, at times he looks awful. And that's only because he has a problem with the blitz, you know, you rush Andy Dalton, he's going to panic. And unfortunately, he's going to throw a few picks. That said, he can lean on his veterans that he has with him. A guy like Miles Sanders, a guy like Adam Thielen. I'm going to throw in DJ Chark because I yeah. think that he's a special player. Not yeah. a lot of people are, are, are big fans of DJ Chark. But I think on, on the play action, we're going to see a few touchdowns by DJ Chark this year. And Hayden Hurst as a tight end 
We just saw what he did with Cincinnati. So if they can use, it's all about Frank Wright. You know, you got to get these guys on the football field in the right positions and you can have success. If the division was stronger, I wouldn't make this call. But the division is so weak that this call can be made. And Andy Dalton very well might be the division winner when it's all said and done. Hey, something to keep an eye on. That would uh, be throwing curveballs left and right. But the NFL is a very unpredictable league, so we never know. Another matchup I am excited to see is the New England Patriots at the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, several reasons. One of them, well, this uh, before uh, before you ask, this is going to be a week six game on October the 15th. Game is in Las Vegas. A few reasons I'm excited for this game. One of them, you got uh, <laughs> you got Jacoby Myers, right, making uh, making his re- return, or I guess you could say, uh, back in the stadium that he's familiar with. Where unfortunately he had that uh, blunder of throwing that uh, lateral pass, where the Raiders were able to uh, to pick it off and then score the last play of the game. He's going to be on the Las Vegas side this time around, so hopefully he'll be able to uh, to have a clean sheet and a good game. So, yeah, that's going to be a you know a revenge game for him in that one. But, look, Jimmy G playing against his former team, right? And, you know, Jimmy G was uh, was a guy that people were saying may be the guy to take over this franchise from the New England Patriots. Remember, like, when it was Brady, Brady's getting old. What's going to happen with Brady? Who's going to be quarterback for these Patriots? And, you know, Jimmy G was a very uh, hot commodity when his, in his first three seasons with New England. He started off very well. He was a winner. And, you know, he really is still a winner. And I think for, like, for Garoppolo especially, this is going to be a huge game for him uh he's gonna have a lot uh, a lot of uh, pressure going into the season and a lot of pressure into this game specifically now and you know with uh, with Devonte adams and you know his comments which you're gonna kind of dive into a little bit uh, later on or now if, uh, if we so choose this is gonna be a big game for him right i'm sure jimmy g has circled this game in his calendar now the raiders have um a new guy under center what does that mean for them you know they they lose a, a big piece in darren waller I'm not sure that Jimmy G makes this team all that much better than uh, than when Carr was there. I really don't. I know a lot of people are, are high on Garoppolo, and a lot of that is because of his win percentages. Of course, at the end of the day, you could throw stats out the window. The most important is the win and the loss column, and he's been great at winning games. Now, do I think that Jimmy G is a better quarterback than Carr? Yeah, I do, and I, but I just don't think it's by that much of a gap where we're going to see this Raiders team be all that competitive. I can see them fighting for a wild card spot. That I can, but I just don't see it happening where they're going to fight the Chiefs for the division. And, you know, this could be a game with both teams uh, having question marks around their rosters. The Patriots that were, you know, out of one uh, Super Bowls left and right over uh, these the last decade or two decades and now have, you know, some uh, some uncertainties now with the Raiders too with a new quarterback. So this can be a good game to, uh, to keep an eye on for several reasons. And uh, yeah, week six Patriots Raiders. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, you might be excited for this one, but I don't like the Raiders at all this year. <laughs> I'm going to keep it short and sweet. When you got your best players calling out your entire organization, Devonte Adams calling out his coach and his GM, like not agreeing with the direction this franchise is going. This guy just left Green Bay. He left a Hall of Fame career. It reminds me a lot of Le'Veon Bell when Le'Veon Bell left mm. for greener pastors and yeah. ended up, you know, in the wrong situation. His career was over pretty quick. Devonte Adams left, and now he's ending up in a franchise that. I'm looking at this football team and the only thing they have a a potential chance to do very well is run the football with Josh Jacobs. But when you got Jimmy G as your QB, it's a downgrade to Derek Carr. As much as Jimmy G had a, you know, a couple runs here and there, his health to me is the number one concern. And I think 
He might not even finish the season. And then you're going to end up with Brian Hoyer. Look at this. Look at this team. All I see is old New England Patriots. Jacoby Myers, Brian Hoyer, Brendan Bolden. That shows me that Josh McDaniels is a terrible football coach. He's a great offensive coordinator, but he can't coach people that he doesn't know, probably because he doesn't get the respect that he deserves in his mind with the number of Super Bowl rings that he has. This guy's a joke, unfortunately, as a head coach. He will be fired by the end of the season, and the Raiders are going to finish dead last in that division. I guarantee you this team is going absolutely nowhere with both those quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer. Wow. Okay, Dominic. Short but sweet there to the point. I like that. Sometimes you got to call a spade a spade and say what it is. Yeah, like I, I just – I'm not sure. And I, I, do, I do think the Denver Broncos are going to be better this year, and that's uh, – so I guess we could jump into that right now, actually, because something I was going to ask you. So it's like – where where do the Raiders kind of fall on that? You know, God assume kind of see is going to win the division, and I, you know, people are high on the Chargers, and I guess I am too. I'm just kind tired of waiting for them to kind of break up. But I'll give them the number two, and then yeah, it's going to be you assume between Las Las Vegas and Denver fighting for that three and that four spot. So we could very well see three teams from the AFC West make the playoffs. But yeah, Raiders are going to uh, they're going to have to start off hot, and their opening game is going to be against Denver, and that's going to be you know we talked about the Week One schedule before. That's going to be a good one. You got not only is it a divisional matchup, but you got the game in Denver in Mile High, and holy cow, does Russell Wilson need to bounce back after last season? And now you got Sean. Peyton and uh, you got a few uh, a few new looks there with the Denver Broncos. This is promising not necessarily to be a good game, but a very important game for both franchises this week one matchup. And for Denver, Dom, like I said before, I do think they're going to have a better year this year. And I think, first of all, because it's going to be tough to have a worse year than they did last year. But I think with the addition of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, I know he's getting older. And I know that he hasn't put up the stats that we had hoped for. I'm not saying this team is going to win the division. I'm not even like, uh, fudge, man. It's, it's tough. Like, do I think they'll make the playoffs? I'm not sure. The AFC is very good. I'm not even sure they'll make the playoffs. But I do think the Denver Broncos are going to play with a lot more passion this year. They're going to be a more fun team to watch. Uh, because they were flat last year. And it was very, very hard to watch. Uh, many times in this offense, which is completely out of sorts. So I think, you know, we talk about teams going into the season with pressure and Denver Broncos could very well be number one in that category. So uh, AFC West question marks, not one of them, but that's one of them for sure. And I think that, you know, you talk about the schedule making specifically. I like the Broncos and Raiders week one matchup because both teams are going to have, uh, you know, chips on their shoulder and they're going to have reasons that, that they want to go out there and crush the other team and, and make a statement early on. You got me with Sean Payton. That's as, as curious as I get. You know, <laughs> there are a few teams that, you know, are going to be a project that's going to take time. And I think Denver is going to be one of them. As much as I love Russell Wilson when he's on, and as much as Sean Payton is a great football coach, I don't think the ingredients are all there for Denver to make a run for the playoffs. I think that we're going to see probably... Marvin Mims Jr. become a, a pretty cool wide receiver. If Sean Payton's, you know, offensive playbook ends up being as good as it was in New Orleans, you could see a guy like Marvin Mims Jr. maybe stand out in this offense. You could also potentially see Sam J. Perrine out of nowhere become a fantasy darling in the NFL if he, you know, you know kind of becomes like a Alvin Kamara. That's a big comparison to make, but, you know, that's as far as I can go with Samjay Perrine. Those two players could change this offense and provide Russell Wilson much-needed offensive weapons that he's been lacking. But other than that, I'm not a fan of the right receivers. I'm kind of 50-50 on Greg Julchis, their, their tight end. 
I'm not sold on him. I'm going to have to see what kind of position that he plays in the um, the Sean Payton offense. I know he's playing tight end, but maybe he gets a couple plays more disguised here and there. We don't know. On the defensive front, ah, it's not. Uh, Alex Singleton is an ex-CFL player. He's got a lot of heart. Great player for that. But that's all he has is heart. And Joey Jewell, same thing, same mold. Guys that aren't super talented and they rely on their their ability to give it all in every single game. But sometimes that's not enough. And that's why I'm concerned for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I, I think you, uh, you're a lot of valid, valid points there. I think that, you know, talk about this wide receiver core. I was high on them for a while and it's kind of a little bit tough to be now. Not that they're individually not great players uh, on the wide receiver front, but, you know, I look at a guy like KJ Hamler and he's going to have to kind of break out of his shell out of Penn State. You know, be, we were super, uh, you know, hyped that uh, the Denver Broncos had him and that he was going to be paired up in that division with, uh, you know, high uh, high scoring offenses and he we thought he was going to fit well. And unfortunately, he just hasn't fit the mold of the Denver Broncos team. And hopefully, hopefully, um uh, Russell Wilson will be able to kind of, uh, you know, exploit that and, and you know, get the best of Hamler because Cortland Sutton's going to probably see double coverage and you got Jerry Judy. So it should lead Hamler with favorable matchups. Um, you know, talk about the schedule release. Something that you always got to keep an eye on is American Thanksgiving, the family around the table and the turkey and all that good stuff. And we've got three great matchups here to uh, to kick off uh, the uh, our week 12 this year in the NFL. Opening matchup. 12:30, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions, Jordan Love uh, going to be on the spotlight here playing those lines. Then at 4:30, you've got the Dallas Cowboys hosting the Washington Commanders, and then to top it off at night, you got the San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, three good matchups here, three divisional matchups in this one, and you can make the case that look maybe Washington doesn't have uh, all that much promise heading into the season. Maybe would have been cool that Philadelphia playing there or the Giants, but uh, you know Washington will have uh, some some question marks to answer and what. To what better way to kind of put those to bed than being the Cowboys on Thursday night football uh, Thanksgiving. But yeah, we got some, uh, got three matchups there and yeah, something I love to keep an eye on Dom uh, when I look at the schedule is exactly that these Thanksgiving matchups and who's going to be playing under the bright lights. Yeah. I mean, green Bay is going to be interesting to start off against Detroit. I think that Jordan love is going to be the wild card uh, of the NFL. We don't really know what to expect. We saw a glimpse of him being successful last year. He's been given ample opportunity to grow in Green Bay. I know Christian Watson is a great right receiver for the play action pass. Will Romeo Dobbs be able to run the routes that he was able to in the early parts of last season? He was very successful. Those are the million dollar questions for those Green Bay Packers. It'll be interesting to see what they can do against Detroit. As for Washington, you know, Washington's going to be this team that's going to be a bubble team for the playoffs, and it's going to be whether or not their young rookie quarterback, Sam Howell, is a guy that can step up year one. He's been given a year to learn the playbook, developed very well, and they're giving him the opportunity. He might do well only because that this offense is actually pretty talented. I think Terry McLaren is a good wide receiver. I think uh, Johan Dotson was uh, kind of like a lot of people didn't see him coming last year. He really proved himself very well. And at the running position, you know, you got Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. It's all about whether or not that offensive line can protect Sam Howell. So I think that he can be successful and can even maybe maybe make the playoffs if that offensive line does its job. 
And for the Dallas Cowboys, I expect big things for Dallas this year. I think that Dak Prescott, you know, he's, he's already had a bunch of pressure. So at this point of, uh, of his career, he doesn't really care. He's just going to go out there and do the best that he can. I don't think he's got many years left in Dallas if he doesn't do it this year. So yeah. Dak Prescott, you know, just go out there and do what you can do. You know, you got Gallup, you got Cooks, you got CeeDee Lamb. And now it's not going to be the Zeke show. You know, they put basically the entire franchise on your shoulder because Tony Pollard as good as a running back people might think he is I think he's an average at best and I think we talked about how Deuce Vaughn will step up in this offense at one point or another I expect Dallas to probably even win the division that's how much high hopes I have for the Cowboys because I think if there's going to be any year that Dallas has to do it it is this year and that's why I think Dallas is going to win probably the division but wow, let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks against the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. That is the game of the week. I love both of these franchises. I love them because defense wins championship, as I said at the top of the show. And both these defenses are going to be on full showcase in this football game. It'll be whether or not who's going to be quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers yeah. during that game. That's going to be the million-dollar question. I want to believe in Brock Purdy. I want to think that this kid is the real deal and could kind of shock the entire NFL, kind of like Kurt Warner did when he came in. I'm not saying he's going to become a Kurt Warner. I'm just saying that he's going to be a guy that no one actually saw coming, being the last pick of a draft. That's shocking to me. I don't want to see Trey Lance at all this year. I really don't. I think this guy was a a miss in the draft, and they're going to realize that if they put him on showcase, he will be a big fail. I know that Christian McCaffrey is a fantastic chess piece to lean on, but I don't think that's enough. I think if Trey Lance plays, I think that he gets a couple runs in here and there, and that confuses the offense and confuses the ability for Christian McCaffrey to be as effective as he was with Brock Purdy last year. You keep that recipe, Brock Purdy and McCaffrey, that's the way you get San Francisco deep into the playoffs. Well, that's a huge, huge question, Mike, heading into the season, right? Maybe even the biggest one uh, in the entire NFL is who's going to be taking those QB1 reps for the San Francisco 49ers. You can make a case for Purdy. You can make a case for Trey Lance as well. So it's going to be – I'm really curious to see what they decide to do and how they manage it and preseason who gets which reps. And we talked about Washington. I don't know if there's a team with more question marks heading into the season than those Washington commanders. you got Tom Howell right out of North Carolina. He had a great career there. Can he be the guy and do what it takes to be successful in the NFL? I think he's going to have to rely a heck of a lot on Terry McLaurin, who I find is one of the you know more underrated players in this NFL. So yeah, Washington, I'm curious to see their first few games and how they're able to start off the season because an identity for this team is going to be huge. And I'm not sure they have one right, uh, right now, so it'll be cool to see what that ends up being. So we're continuing to divulge and recap the schedule release. Something we've got to talk about is these cool games that are going to be happening in London and Germany. We've got a lot of these international games. And, uh, you know, something that kind of surprised me when the uh, the schedule was being re, uh, released was that the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe they actually have two games um, that are going to be played overseas. They got uh, the, yeah, exactly. They have a game October 1st against um, Atlanta that's going to be played at 9.30 and uh, that game is going to be in London and then they have a game the very next week at, and in London as well so I guess they're going to be staying there in, uh, in London and they're doing the usual you know talking about drinking their tea over there and early morning breakfast uh, to open up uh, weeks uh, the weeks that are going to be starting in the NFL I really like these games I think that you know to make it a habit is, you know, of 
trying to add more games being played there. I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of that, but I like uh, the fact that, you know, you get to wake up in the morning and have your breakfast. Like I said, have your tea in the morning or your coffee or whatever you like to do. And football is going to be on literally the whole day from 9.30 a.m. to almost midnight. And, um, yeah, I, I do think that the, these games are cool, and I like that it expands uh, the NFL and kind of, uh, you know, is able to get more people to see it. But, yeah, I was shocked when I saw Jacksonville. Not only do they have two games in London, uh, but these games are back-to-back weeks uh, against Atlanta and against Buffalo. So this is going to be – I wonder how Jacksonville deals with that, and I wonder how the players themselves feel about playing back-to-back games in London because um, that's surprising. You have most teams are not even playing any games overseas. And then for, uh, you know, Jacksonville has been uh, – has been the team – that's been playing in London a lot. Uh, they usually get to those games uh, for some of those reasons. But yeah, games are going to be uh, early in the morning, and Jacksonville has back to back of those, uh, which is you know that surprised me. That's I can't uh, I can't lie about that. Oh, it seems like Jacksonville must be getting a lot of love because they wouldn't be doing it if the ticket sales weren't reflecting the results. So well said. I think that Jacksonville. You know, this year, there's going to be expectations. You know, they've made the playoffs last year. They had an amazing frigging first round matchup, which they overcame that deficit. And I honestly think that a lot of people are going to pick Jacksonville to win the division and to go probably far in the playoffs. But I'm not one of them. I think this backfires. I really do. I don't understand how a team could stay that long on a trip. So it seems like it it becomes a vacation and do players. Are players able to keep their focus throughout that stretch? That's going to be the number one concern for those Jaguars. And in that division, there's no room for error, right? I do believe in the Tennessee Titans. As much as that team is absolutely mysterious and I don't have a clue what they're going to put on the football field, I have so much faith in Mike Vrabel because he plays team football. So at the end of the day, I think Tennessee, whether they make the playoffs or not and win the division, they will be there to the very end. And it takes one trip up, just one trip up for Tennessee to outseed Jacksonville. And that game might be in Europe and it might be one of those two games, if not both. Yeah, very well said. And I think that what's going to happen in this division this year is that every game is going to be crucial, right? especially the games between each team. I think the more question marks you have in a division, the more every every play, every quarter, uh, and every game becomes uh, you know amplified and becomes even more and uh, like important and special to keep an eye on. I think that yeah, you. Looking at the odds makers, they probably will put Jacksonville's favorites to win the division. Houston, you know, new quarterback, you're going to give them some time. Tennessee, you know, a lot of question marks uh, over there. And then the Colts, it's like, what what are the Colts doing? Who's going to, yeah, like the, the Colts are the Colts. Who's going to quarterback this team? And, you know, what is, uh, what's also going to be done? Um to kind of bounce back from their uh, their season last year, because uh, like we said, they had uh, a season that uh, you know they were hoping to have a better season, and uh, they were trying to kind of uh, develop a little bit more there with their with their young guys and uh, add more to to uh, Jonathan Taylor. Unfortunately, he didn't have a great year. But yeah, the Colts like who is going to be quarterback? You got Sam Ellinger, you got Gardner Minshew, you got obviously the first round pick Anthony Richardson. So it's, yeah, like, I think this division just has more question marks than answers. So I'll throw it to you, Dom. Maybe, uh, you know, you're a guy that uh, usually has the answers. Who do you think is going to be taking quarterback one reps to start the season for the Colts? Is it going to be Ellinger, Minshew, uh, or Richardson? Oh, without a doubt, it's Richardson. And we're going to see him on full display week one. I talk about Richardson to be their week one only because he's got the athletic traits that you want to capitalize on 
right away. This guy, at the very most, could have a long 10-year, 15-year career in the NFL, or it could be five years. We all know this. This guy is not an accurate quarterback, and he's going to have to depend on his athletic ability. And that, to me, is going to be the reason why we will see him week one. They want to see what they have in Richardson from the get-go. And seeing as that he's such an electric runner, I think we will see him being successful. Whether or not he wins the division remains to be seen. Usually a rookie struggles because he's got a problem reading the defense. It's completely different than college football for the most part. And obviously the speed is that much quicker. So let's see what Richardson can do. He will be starting week one. And the rest of the teams in the division all have a shot. Believe it or not, they all have a shot. I even will throw in Houston there because we just don't know what to expect with C.J. Stroud. Maybe, you know, I would sit C.J. Stroud because he's not at all the same as as Richardson. He's more of a pocket QB. And for my pocket QBs, I always love to give him one year to learn the playbook. I think that's the best way to develop a quarterback when they're pocket QBs. David Mills, he's terrible. But Case Keenum is another veteran that could come in there and at least have an opportunity. Who does he have? He's got Robert Woods. He's got John Michi the third, which we don't even know what to expect because he was injured last year and allows Nico Collins to be a very good football player, which we haven't really seen because we think that David Mills might be the reason why Nico Collins hasn't developed. So that being said, Houston, throw him in there. They have a good defensive coach in Danico yeah. Ryans. To me, that's going to be solid. But I'm picking the Tennessee Titans right now in this division. I do think that I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. I really don't. I mean, the obvious answer will be, we'll just give the ball to Derrick Henry. But that's not going to be enough. Somebody is going to have to become a star in Tennessee other than Derrick Henry. Whether Tannenhill becomes, out of nowhere, a great football player overnight, probably not likely. But what I'm hearing is Traylon Burks is becoming a better player faster player because apparently he feels that he's got he's a lot more open in this offense he's not being as choked as he was apparently last year so keep an eye on trail on burks he might become a star next year because they will need him to step up if tennessee is to make the playoffs i thought that the burks pick was a very good one for tennessee when they drafted him uh, just because like this team didn't have the necessary weapons on offense in order to kind of move the football up the field consistently with the loss of AJ Brown. And of course, look, Derrick Henry, you know, is, is a, is a freak of nature and arguably the best running back in the NFL, but he has too many games last season. We just, we saw him finish with 18 carries, you know, 45 yards. And it's just because defenses are loading up the box and they know that Derrick Henry is seemingly the only guy that could beat them um, on, uh, you know, on the opposite side of the football for Tennessee. So yes, it's going to be up to Tannehill. It's going to be up to those wide receivers. And, you know, it's going to be potentially up to Will Levi, honestly, that I could see taking over midway through the season, just because, you know, you know, my thoughts on, on Tannehill and uh, I could see this team wanting to cut kind of provide a little bit more juice. And look, at the end of the day, I'm not saying Tannehill's a poor quarterback. I don't think he is. I just don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. I don't see him as a winner. And I think you got to kind of cut the ties right away if you're Tennessee. As soon as soon as he struggles in a game, you yank him out, you put Levi there out of Kentucky, and you let him go and just provide spark for your team. It's not even about winning games at this point for Tennessee. 
if you have Will Levi in at the quarterback position. I don't think you're expecting miracles from him in the first season. Let him develop. Let him sell tickets. Let him provide some energy for your team. Because uh, Tano is just not that guy. Unfortunately, he's just not. And, you know, he had some good seasons in Miami. And had some fairly good seasons in Tennessee as well. But I do think his time has run out with the Titans. And I think it's, it's time to get, uh, you know, the young quarterback in there, provide some spark. And, you know, we talk about question marks. That theme seems to be the theme of the show. We had question marks surrounding this whole team, whether Derrick Henry was even going to be back next season. So I think that, you know, Dom, one thing I know for certain is that you trust Mike Rabel. And with the, with all the question marks, is that you still think that they're going to win the division. So you think that uh, he, he has a good plan for these guys. And, you know, I, I don't think I'll question you on that one, but it's going to really be up to uh, to Tandil in this one. If he's going to be staying quarterback for them from week one to week 18, he's going to need to step it up. And he's going to have to develop better chemistry with some of these receivers i think you said it perfectly there yeah you're you're dead on it the guy hasn't delivered in key moments in the playoffs and this team relies too much on derrick henry and that's why i'm like potentially Traylon burks could become a star it's a big potential but that being said i believe in him i believe in Tannehill's connection with him that i saw at least for the most part last year because Traylon was hurt for half the season almost so Let's see what uh, Vrabel could put together. This team is all about team football, and I love team football. I think that this is a, a team sport in the first place. So let's see what kind of chess pieces Vrabel can put together and shock a lot of people. I'm going to throw in a, a wild card at you that might become a really good tight end is Okonkwo. I think that Okonkwo last year was lights out at times, and we're like, wow, where did this guy come from? He, he obviously took Austin Hooper's job, and he's now going to have it all to himself. Look out for this guy in fantasy next year. He might be a steal. All right, guys, you heard it there. Dom Demise, you're giving some fantasy advice. Take note right now. We talked about the NFL schedule release. We talked about games. We talked about matchups. Uh, we talked about, you know, buys and where the games are going to be played. We have yet to discuss the Super Bowl rematch that's going to be played on Week 11, Sunday Night Football, primetime. Philadelphia Eagles at the Kansas City Chiefs. There's going to be a lot, a lot to look forward to in this one. What are your initial thoughts on this, Dominic? I love seeing Super Bowl rematches. Excuse me, the game is going to be in Kansas City. You've got to think Philadelphia is going to have a chip on their shoulder, and they're really going to want to stick it to the Chiefs. So we got Eagles-Chiefs Week 11 at Arrowhead. Yeah, I, I don't know. As much as the Eagles were a fantastic football team last year, they're not the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are a franchise that is absolutely committed and is able to stay stable no matter who you take out of that franchise. We saw when Tyreek Hill left, they didn't miss a beat. And nobody probably thought they were going to be that successful without Tyreek Hill. I know that Pat Mahomes is the real deal, but to me, it's more than that. It's the franchise. And as for the Eagles, they still have those building blocks. They're going to have to start that offense all over again. I do love the receivers that they have in Devontae Smith and obviously A.J. Brown. Those guys are truly, absolutely ballers. But at the end of the day, you need a running game. Miles Sanders is gone. They brought in Devontae uh, Swift. Is that offensive line going to be able to do the same thing for those running backs? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. I'm not sold on Hurts. He got the big payday. Now he's going to have to showcase what he can do. And I don't think he's the same Jalen Hurts that we saw last year. 
My apologies, folks. Actually, a Monday night football game. Yeah, Dom, you would uh, discuss that even the last few weeks that the Philadelphia Eagles may not be back and they had their best opportunity last year. I think, you know, look at that division and uh, that division is, is up for grabs, uh, let alone Philadelphia making it all the way back to the Super Bowl. And yeah, I think from, from the Eagles' point of view, I love the addition of Swift. I talked about that and I think they hit a home run in the draft. I, I ultimately think they became a better team than they were last year. And I know that, you know, we could agree to disagree. Um, but it does come down to Jalen Hurts. It's going to come down to if he's going to be able to play as well as he did last year because he surprised me, and I really did not think he would have the type of season that he did, but he did. So I think it's going to be uh, all eyes are going to be on him and those Philadelphia Eagles. And yeah, for Kansas City, you know, this is a dynasty. This is a team that was able to win with no, you know, no matter who's in there, no matter who's injured, uh, whether Tyreek Hill is in or not, whether they have speed, whether they have to throw the ball 15 times to Travis Kelsey. This Chiefs team just knows how to win football games. And, you know, they're going to continue to to do that as long as they have Pat Mahomes, Kelsey, and uh, Andy Reid. It's just the way it is. And, you know, you look at that, that division that we talked about with the AFC West. And, yes, while... You can see the Raiders got better and certain teams got better. I still think this is Kansas City's division, and I still think this is Kansas City's league. And, yeah, it'll be cool to see what uh, what the Chiefs do this season. I'm expecting a lot of fireworks and some fun, fun uh, games out of those Chiefs, as per usual. All right, Dan, we got just over a minute left. Any closing words, closing remarks on the schedule? Something you're looking forward to? Maybe something we should keep an eye on uh, heading into the season or maybe these next few days uh, with our free agents going to be signed? What do you have to leave the folks with, Dominic, as uh, as we close the show as much as we want to put the, the chiefs on a pedestal yeah. keep an eye on those chargers you know it's been the year three year four now i know brendan Steely's a question mark as a head coach but this is the team to keep an eye on this team could very well make it all the way and win the super bowl i have a lot of confidence in justin herbert and adding another weapon as good as Quinton Johnston is going to be difficult to cover. Mike Williams, Quinton Johnson, and Keenan Allen. All those three receivers can light it up, and they'll need to if they're to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, Dom, I hope you're right, because this Chargers team has been a team that is picked to win, win the Super Bowl, make it to the Super Bowl, win the division. I think now is really the time for the Chargers with the addition there of that great, you know, the Johnson receiver there, like you talked about, of TCU. If they're ever going to make uh, a run at the division, I think it's now. You know, Mahomes is getting older, and I know he's not getting worse, obviously. He seems to be getting better. But the Chargers, right now, it's time to put up or shut up, and I think they have the team to do exactly that. So, great take. Love the way to end the show. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. Without you guys, there is no show. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, same place, same time here at the Power Hour. You were listening to CJLO, 16, 9 a.m. in Montreal.